I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number three, as we are halfway through here on a Saturday, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week, 888-957-9570. Phone lines open as we are with you until 1 o'clock. And, uh, man, it's great to have playoff basketball back here in the Bay Area. Last year doesn't count, playing tournament. couple of games, it was a nice little teaser. I know, Whitey, you've mm-hmm. laid it out, the, the playing tournament. Uh, just kind of gets lost in its own world in terms of some of the statistics and the like. I got to be honest, uh, though, playing tournament was was pretty compelling. As as much as it's kind of faked together to to draw interest in a league that has a lot of uncompetitive games throughout the regular season, the playing tournament games are a are a cut above. I I. I I hate to say it, but I think Adam Silver may have gotten it right as much as I didn't like the premise. I think you're right. And it was interesting. Draymond, who last year famously said, I don't, you know, play in doesn't motivate me. And he was making the point that we're the Warriors. We don't worry about that kind of stuff. But he on Twitter was saying he was glued to every minute of the play in tournament as I was. There's always something to be said for that, you know, win or go home. Uh, mindset and you, you know the players care it's also I think it's to a degree maybe it's curb tanking which is what it was primarily designed to do or that was one of the primary reasons so I think it's worked and as I said earlier JD I think it's nice to see a team like the Pelicans if everything just went according to form it'd be like why do we even do that but to see the Pelicans get in sneak into the postseason it's not great for the Warriors and other teams that want to see the Suns get challenged given now that the Suns play the Pelicans but a great story and I also think it was really nice to see the Pelicans in in my view extend the middle finger to Zion Williamson you want to hold the franchise hostage you don't want to be here fine we're just going to go make the playoffs without you I don't think they would have been significantly better with him I don't think they would have finished seventh so Willie Green former Warrior assistant Great job. That was I'd given up on them last night after they blew that lead to the Clippers. I thought, well, even without Paul George, the Clippers going to take care of their business at home. They didn't. So I applaud the Pelicans and I'm with you. The play in tournament has been a lot of fun. But now let's get to the main freaking course, the playoffs. Yeah, let's get to the main course, the playoffs. And you've got Dallas and Utah already underway. Game one, round one of that series with no Luka Doncic uh, in, in game one. And it sounds like beyond game one uh, for, for yeah. Dallas. And uh, so those two teams going at it. Dallas with a, a two-point lead. The Jazz had an early lead. Then the Mavs uh, jumped out to, uh, I think it was an eight or a ten-point lead. But now it's a two-point game uh, right before the half in Dallas, game one of that series. I mean, no excuse for Utah. If Luka's not going to play in this series, I mean, there is no excuse for Utah to to not win this series. I mean, the ultimate test in, in just – you know, how gutless are the Jazz? We've seen some gutless performances <laughs> from them. How much do they really not like each other or care about each 
together or are cooked uh, as far as this iteration of them. If you lose this series to the Mavs without Luka Doncic playing, you might as well fire Quinn Snyder, trade Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell and just tear the whole thing down to the studs. Uh, yeah, I thought the Clippers-Minnesota game, just going back to the playing tournament, mm-hmm. just a terrific Terrific, terrific game. Uh, Minnesota and and Memphis is going to be – that series is going to be spicy, uh, I, I think, uh, as well. Uh, what, what do you – just real quick here, and we can kind of reset the, the Warriors topics and, and throw them out at 888-957-9570. Uh, what do you think of just some of the spicier series? I know Boston, Brooklyn – uh, which is going to tip off tomorrow is one that's getting a lot of attention. I think Toronto and Philly, it could be a very spicy series. Uh, I like Memphis and Minnesota in in the Western Conference. I actually think that's the most that's the most compelling first round series. Not that Memphis isn't going to win, but I I just think it has the potential as we talked about a little bit in the last hour to be the most most explosive emotionally. I think that. Philly might be in trouble against Toronto, and Philly is and should be favored, you know, 4-5. I think the matchup is such that, especially given that Harden and Embiid, as much as they've been through playoff wars, they haven't been through them together. You also got Tybal, who won't be able to play in Canada because of a vaccination issue. So I think Toronto um, could be a, a, a real big hurdle for the Sixers, and I wouldn't be stunned if if Toronto finds a way to upset the Sixers. Uh, of course, you're right about Memphis and Minnesota. Um, that's going to be super spicy. What, what did you think of uh, Minnesota's celebration for winning the the play in? It seems that you and I are talking a, a lot about that. About uh, well, it was just you know when the Warriors beat Houston, we talked about the appropriateness of the celebration. To me, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. They haven't won a lot. I thought it was, it was to me, it was it was understandable. But what do you think of the celebration we saw from the T Wolves after winning a, a the play in game? Yeah, I, I I didn't have a problem with it. Okay, just because from from a pa- from a Patrick Beverly standpoint, uh, I mean, obviously wanting to go against a team that he had a beef with that, that he had played for. Like, I have no no issue with that. Um, I I think. That, Look, the Timberwolves run kind of hot. They're kind of edgy. Uh, young team. Chris Finch took over. I kind of like them. You know, we talked about them at different times. Like I, they're they're a fun watch for for me. Um, yeah, was it over the top? Of course. But I mean, you look at just how bad that franchise has been really since two thousand four. I mean, it's almost twenty years. They've got one playoff appearance before they were able to win a few nights ago to get in and, and face Memphis beginning today. I mean, it. I know you and I both have background in, in Sacramento. I mean, I did kind of have the thought, like, if Minnesota's doing this, like, what would Sacramento do if they uh, you know, won a play-in tournament game? And they would probably be having a parade at the Capitol today, uh, you know, leading up to, to game one of their series. So over the top, yes, but I think because of the edge that they've played with all year, and I've, I've locked onto them, they were my, my league pass team of the year, uh, that, that I locked on to early and, and watched a lot of their games, and a lot of their games were kind of like the play-in game where just crazy stuff happening and, and big yeah. plays, just a volatile team. So I'm, I'm giving them a pass on it Me because too. they're a team that I like watching play. Me too, and they did. Hey, they clinched a playoff spot. That's significant. They should celebrate. Whatever it is that Anthony Edwards has, and he was, oh, man, Every time I watch him, I think he's better than I thought the last time I saw him. I already knew he was good. But whatever it is that he brings to the party, I hate to say it, J.D., but, you know, the cat, he had, you know, he didn't play well, bad body language, had that kind of why me going on. So they were able to overcome that. But uh, that, if I'm a Minnesota fan, which I'm not, but if I were, I'd be a little concerned about that going forward because that big game, they, they rose up without him, but he really didn't. You know, that was one of the questions about him. Can he rise to the occasion? In that game, he did not. He he played to his reputation in, yes. in, in game in that game. He played to his reputation, and I think he, he was trying to be super aggressive early, and he missed shots, and then there were a couple of calls that went against him, and, and you know, rightfully so. And then Chris Finch left him in, which I kind of wondered at the time, is he leaving him in because – 
he didn't care if he fouls out at that point, or he didn't he, like. I'm going to leave it up to him if he picks up another foul because he's playing so poorly. Then it's going to be on him that he can't play, and not necessarily on me. Uh, so I, I thought there was some interesting psychology potentially going on there uh, with with Chris Finch, and ultimately he fouls out, and then the Nug or uh, the Timberwolves look done. And and they come back immediately from the moment that, that he fouls out of the game and, and wins. Uh, I am I am happy for him in this sense. When you win a game like that, and and the Timberwolves coming back and winning a game like that, it does rather than the conversation being about how bad Carl Anthony Towns was for three days, or I mean, if they end up not making the the the, the playoffs, you know, now it shifts it kind of gets glossed over and he gets a reprieve, right? Like he gets now, he can play better today. He can play better in this series uh, against Memphis, change the narrative a little bit. So he, he owes his teammates a, something special, I, I think, for picking him up. But now he gets a reprieve to just kind of relax. They're in the playoffs. He's been an all-star player, and he can just go after it and get it. Yeah, uh, nice to see you. Happy for him. I think the thinking there with Coach Finch, this is a guess, but I think the thinking is, look, whether Carl Anthony Towns fouls out or I sit him, we don't have him on the floor, and we need him on the floor. So I'm going to roll the dice, and if I play him, then he's on the floor, and maybe he doesn't foul out. And, you know, the, that didn't work out for him. It, it rolled snake eyes on that gamble, but they still were able to overcome it. So I, you may be right. I don't know if it was anything psychological. I think it was a matter of we have to win this game and we need our best player on the floor. So rather than sit him and hope he doesn't foul out, I'm going to play him and hope he doesn't foul out because we need him on the floor to win. Turned out they didn't. So um, that was tremendous. But that's going to be uh, quite a series. And I think Memphis, you know, they're – they're coming to this party as if it's their time, right? This is our time. Such a young, brash team. I know they got jaw in before the the season uh, regular season ended. Um, I'm just hoping we get that um, that showdown between the Warriors. You know, have been around for so long, and this is still our party. And then the Memphis Grizzlies trying to crash that party. A lot of drama here, and you can't overlook Denver. I know that we've said, you know, they they're, they're challenged. Their roster isn't great, and they're not a great defensive team. But Jokic is a, a, a amazing player. So if the Warriors wobble coming out of the gates here, they could find themselves in real trouble in this series. But I expect them to, um, you know, as long as Steph's healthy. Expect them to advance and move on to what should be a great series, hopefully, against Memphis. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. Let's reset some of the Warriors topics here as the Warriors and Nuggets coming up. Game one, round one, if you want to get in with, with your predictions. Whitey and I both have Warriors in six for this series. Uh, we've handed out some X-Factors uh, who was your X factor again for this series, Whitey? Mine is Otto Porter Jr. Fourth quarter Porter, but I don't remember who your yours is. Yeah, I actually I haven't given mine, and I've that's I've right. Had a, I've had it. I've had a difficult time coming coming huh. up with, with, with an X factor for this series uh, because I, I I wanted to say Jordan Poole, but I almost feel like Jordan Poole isn't like he's almost too good now to be to be an X factor. And then I was led down the – then I wanted to steal Kareth Burks, who, who said uh, Gary Payton the second as uh, she was on mm-hmm. with uh, me and Alan last night here on, on the night show. That's allowed. Uh, That's on, allowed. On, on 95.7 The Game. So I, I thought that was a good one. Um, I, I think I think there is some potential for Iguodala to be an X factor in, in, in this series. Uh, but, again, I have to go to the, the judges on this one. Is Iguodala allowed to be an X factor when – he is one of the, the core pieces that have helped the, the Warriors go to five NBA finals and win three championships. Judges, why do I know you are the official judge? How on much this, is I he getting paid this that... year? What are, what are they paying him this year? Yeah, he's, he's getting paid the minimum. He's getting paid the yeah. minimum. Right. Yeah. So definitely an X factor, right? Because he's kind of at the end of his run. He's 38 at his knee drain countless times. Definitely a potential X factor. No matter what he's done in the past, it's about who he is and where he is right now. And let's just define our terms. We're talking about a guy who has the potential to do more, have a bigger impact on the series than people expect, right? X factor, a guy that maybe you wouldn't look at, but a guy who could have a huge impact on the series, that's that's our Damn. definition of terms X factor, right? I I don't I don't have the huevos I don't have the huevos to say Bielitsa. I don't <laughs> I don't have the way. 
I don't have I because huh. and as you were laying as you were laying it out, well, it was yeah. it was tough because I mean Steph can't be an X factor, Clay can't be an X factor, Draymond can't be an X factor. I, I think Looney could. I think Looney could be an X factor uh, in this series, but I know the Warriors are going to go small. Uh, but his ability to to offensive rebound and and hold his own against Jokic, like I was having a tough time coming up with with an X factor. I, I was leaning Jordan Poole. Uh, but again, I feel like Jordan Poole's played so well in the last couple yeah. of weeks that that it's almost disrespectful in a way to consider him uh, an X factor. I think people are expecting him to almost play like a star in this. He's series, a legitimate factor. To, yeah, he's a yeah, legitimate exactly. factor, so he can't be an X factor. Yeah, right. So I I think maybe Iguodala at the minimum becomes becomes a factor uh, in this series. Uh, but uh, the thought did cross my mind. Uh, maybe Bielitsa makes the most of uh, the early, the early playoff, <laughs> the early playoff opportunities there, Whitey. What would he have to do? He'd have to just knock down a ton of threes and and uh, pass, make some great assists, right? That's what he would have to do to be an X factor because he sure as hell ain't going to guard anybody. No, I and and look, I think he. We had a texter uh, on the Xfinity Mobile text line that, that chimed in earlier, 888-957-9570, that to, to that person's eye, uh, Bielitsa just plays better when he's able to play with with better players, uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. That, that he uh, – when, when he had to play with some of the younger players specifically and when the Warriors were a little bit more shorthanded and he was expected to, to hold the team up – he was woeful, but when you've put him in the role that he's been in these last couple of weeks where he's playing with the starters and he's playing with the, the more veteran-laden rotation pieces, uh, you know, he's playing with Porter, he's playing with the starters, he's playing with Poole and, and, and Peyton, who is a younger player but plays like a vet, he's, he's, been, he's been pretty good. If we took a poll at 888-957-9570 on just people just texting us your X factors, I would bet you that one of the top two vote getters, and I'm not, you know, my get, I'd say Otto Porter Jr. That's who I say. But I would bet that one of the top two vote getters would be Jonathan Kuminga. Just based on what we hear every week and the way he has impressed fans, I'm saying Porter, but I bet you, J.D., if we took a poll, I bet you Kuminga would be among the top vote getters. Could be wrong. Yeah, Kuminga. guess. No, yeah, I, I don't know that he's going to play enough to, to be an X factor, but I think that is, that is, by definition, it almost makes him a potential X factor. The 209, Kuminga will be the X factor in this series mm-hmm. when they go small. What do you see for Kuminga, though? I don't think he's in – the full rotation. I, I I could see him getting a few minutes tonight. I could see him not playing at all tonight. Uh, so you know, I I think I, I I don't know. What do you what do you think of Kaminga? I I think he is. I I think he's a wild card and a wild card. Not only Steve Kerr wants to go to him to bring some energy and a different dynamic. I think he gets the crowd into the game certainly when he goes in. But I also think he's a. If if somebody winds up out of the rotation, Kaminga could be a prime candidate to replace that player in the rotation. To me, his role is pretty clear. I could be wrong, but I think it's clear, and I think you touched on it there. We know the playoffs are a different animal, so there's that. It's like what he, he, we don't even know how he's going to respond. And we know that defensively, he's still finding his way a, as a rookie. But I think given that the Warriors times this year – you know, they have struggled offensively. I think if there's a stretch here, especially, I, you're right, especially if it's happening at home where they're really struggling to get offensive traction and they look out of sorts, they look flat for whatever reason, then he's a guy you go to. And if he can give you a burst getting out in transition, whatever it is, maybe, you know, he's become a decent three-point shooter. If he can give you that offensive energy, fine. Then that's what I'm looking for from him and if you bring him in and he, you know and it doesn't get any better you don't leave him in there long but based on what we've seen here what Steve Kerr has said I'm thinking that's how Steve Kerr looks at him right now as a kind of a, in case of offensive emergency break glass and bring in Jonathan Kuminga he's shown he can do that so I think that's where it is with him right now yeah I, I think you're probably right uh, about that couple of more people coming in with their X factors Otto Porter Jr an X factor yeah. from the 510 X factor for the entire playoffs continues to play big and, and get timely offensive rebounds hit open threes 
Uh, Cousins, the X factor for Denver. I, I don't know about DeMarcus Cousins. I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I, I, I could see DeMarcus Cousins being a real a real problem for the Nuggets in this series. Always too emotional, easy to take advantage of on the on the defensive side. Like you can see where if you could get him the ball in position and he played calmly, he could hurt the Warriors, but I could also see the Warriors just you know, he gets three or four minutes on the floor and the Warriors go on a quick eight oh run and Michael Malone's calling a timeout and having to rip him right off the floor. Like, I could see that happening in this series a couple of times. I think that's more likely than him being a positive X factor for the Nuggets. And I know Steve Kerr famously or infamously doesn't like to run a a lot of pick and roll necessarily. But if you do that with and you get Cousins in the action, he's almost helpless. And this was even when he was good, he was almost helpless. Uh, and I think he gets stubborn and he takes some bad shots. I think he wore down towards the end of the year. I'm with you. We know what he's capable of when he's healthy. I think he's worn down, and I think he's more likely to be someone that the Warriors can take advantage of than he is someone who's going to hurt the Warriors. X-Factors on the Xfinity mobile text line. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. is coming in a lot. A a vote for Iguodala, including a vote that says, J.D., he's the oldest active player. Of course he can be an, an X-Factor in this series. All right, so, so Iguodala is my pick. Uh, at 5-1-0, unfortunately, whoa, 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 boy, I thought, get... I, I thought you are going Bielitsa. I couldn't talk you into going Bielitsa, J.D. I tried like heck to talk uh, you into huh? yeah, huh? yeah. I, I think I think I'm going to go with the safe pick. I think okay. I'm going to go with a safe pick and, and call okay. Iguodala against his, against his former team. Uh the 925 having some fun. According to Whitey, if KD was on the team, he still thinks Kaminga should get more minutes than, than Durant yeah. if Durant yeah. was still on the team. I see. I see KD is a, something of an X factor in that net series, JD. That's, yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> Wiggins, an X factor from the 650. Wiggins holding up defensively, specifically. Wiggins holding up dis- defensively as an X factor. What do you think of that? I don't think that's a stretch. I think Wiggins being an offensive mainstay, you know, averaging close to 20, I think that would raise some eyebrows. I think that would leave people going, wow, I didn't expect that. Wiggins holding his own defensively, I don't think that would be that that stunning, especially against the, you know, a Denver Nuggets roster that is, is, it doesn't really present that many challenges. How about you? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I can see that. I, I got lost in the weeds here uh, scanning the, the Xfinity Mobile <laughs> text line, and I know they've been coming down your road, uh, Whitey, a little bit. The 408, uh, John Dickinson fantasizes about being a real tough guy like Patrick Beverly. You'll never be a badass like him, soft millennial. Soft <laughs> millennial. <laughs> Is any of that so even close go. to being I'm, true? I'm a, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I do like to be a tough guy. I, I I've yeah. never been a big Pat Beverly guy, but I I do like to be an enforcer. I would envision myself as a, as an enforcer in, in mm-hmm. the playoffs, somebody that that wouldn't be afraid to bang. Yeah, I, I don't think there's there's much doubt about that. Uh, the four one five, no, Ed Malloy, Ed Malloy. You know, the, remember the the, the call, <laughs> yeah. the famous. I can't remember the broadcaster with that. We, we might need to dig that up, Craig. The the uh, the Ed Malloy call. Uh, 5-1-0, Will Barton has to be the Nuggets X-Factor. Barton's had mm. some big-time some big time games against the Warriors in the past. And then the 707, wish the Dubs had DeMarcus Cousins to bang with Jokic instead Ugh. of Looney. Wow. Be careful what you wish for. That would be a disaster, I think, J.D. I just DeMarcus just is, uh, you know, defense has never been his calling card, and I think he's not as mobile as he used to be. I think Jogic would destroy him, and I think the Warriors can take advantage of DeMarcus. We'll see. DeMarcus has had a fine career, derailed by injury, but I'm not concerned about DeMarcus Cousins. Maybe I should be. I don't know about you, J.D., but I'm not. If I'm the Warriors, I'm not worried about DeMarcus Cousins in this series. I'm going to have to see it to believe it uh, for him. I'm more inclined to to believe he's going to be a negative impact here because I could also just see him trying to do too much. Like I, I feel like Michael Malone would have to – to bring DeMarcus in and be like, hey, I know you played here. I know maybe you got you feel a little certain way about how things ended here, even though it was the only the the, the one year and he, he played basically half the year. And, you know, the Warriors, you know, let's be honest, the Warriors didn't really want him back, even though there was a price point that could have led to uh, a return here. And and DeMarcus has always got that chip on his shoulder. So 
I could see Michael Malone having to bring DeMarcus in saying, hey, man, like I know you only get about 12 minutes a game normally, but just just relax. Like let it come to you. Relax. Don't try and do too much. Don't get all pissed off at the officials and and just 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 be calm. Hone it in. Give us a good five minute shift in each half. Let Jokic get a little bit of rest and everything will be good. But I could see him trying to do too much and being emotionally. I, I've got DeMarcus Cousins in this series over under a half on picking up a technical when he's not even in the game in this series. That scenario Prop that bet, you just. Right there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll consider it. But the scenario you just described, I think that's one of the reasons why DeMarcus Cousins is on this team. And I know he was with Milwaukee. Maybe he had limited options, but playing for Michael Malone. Uh, he played for Michael Malone in Sacramento, and I know when when they were in Sacramento, and a guy, someone who was, I'll just say, was privy to what went on at practice. I'll just leave it at that. Told me that um, Malone would stand up to him. Demarcus could be a handful in practices. I remember after one practice, George Carl saying, "Demarcus is crazy," and people were laughing. He goes, "No, he's he's crazy." But Michael Malone would throw him out of practice. He wasn't. He would stand up to him. So I think that's that that speaks to. Um, you know, their relationship is such that Michael Malone is not afraid of DeMarcus Cousins, and so he's a perfect coach for him right now as DeMarcus tries to get his career back on track. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Continue the conversation on 95.7 The Game. The Timberwolves are screaming for a foul. There was none called. Rubio off to Love. Oh, that's a foul! Love moved to his left on Marion. Sean had his hand out. He went right across the arm of Love. That is unbelievable. The referees are booed as they go off the floor. Brutal! David Guthrie is right there. He didn't have the guts to call it. Also, go oh, Ed Malloy! 198, he was sitting right there along the baseline and didn't make the... Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. There it is. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason uh, from, from 2013. Uh, was that Phoenix believe and Minnesota? It or not, uh, Minnesota and Dallas, Dallas, I believe. Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota and right. Dallas uh, at the end of, of that game. And that was uh, Timberwolves radio announcer Alan Horton uh, blowing a gasket <laughs> over the play. Uh, what, can we hear one more time? One more time, Craig. One more time. For the shot, it's blocked by Marion. The ball comes into the arms of Dalibert. The horn sounds, and the ball game is over. The Timberwolves are screaming for a foul. There was none called. Rubio off to Love. Oh, that's a foul! <laughs> Love moved to his left on Marion. Sean had his hand out. He went right across the arm of Love. That is unbelievable. 
Referees are booed as they go off the floor. Brutal! David Guthrie is right there. He didn't have the guts to call it. Also, no, Ed Malloy! <laughs> Man, uh, Ed Malloy worked the game. reference in there. Yeah, a lot of good. Yeah, Sean Marion, uh, Kevin Love yeah. was was the guy who, who took the shot, obviously, back in, in the Timberwolves days. And, uh, yeah, 2013, uh, looking back at that one, and Alan Horton on the call there. Uh, that an homage to Ed Malloy, who is one of the three <laughs> officials that will be uh, working the game tonight. Game one, round one. Uh, Warriors and the Nuggets and the three officials tonight. Scott Foster, Warrior fan favorite. Scott Foster, Ed Malloy, and Carl Lane, the the third official as the Warriors and the and the Nuggets get set to roll tonight, Whitey. Let me ask you a serious question, and if I may, uh, I'd like to ask the smartest listeners in radio too. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. If they care, you know, officiating sometimes it's like you know. Officiating, if you're a player, it's supposed to be like the weather. You can adjust to the weather, but you can't change it. So if a play, if, you know, if it's cold, you wear a warm uh, sweatshirt. You just adjust to the officiating. But here's my question. The review process in the NBA, where each coach gets one, um, would you expand that? Would you do away with it? Would you keep it the way it is? It's interesting. You know, you get a lot of calls overturned because it's so hard to officiate. And the gamesmanship is kind of unfair where you see a really bad call early and the coach has to think, yeah, I could win that, but I might need that later. I don't know. Do you, J.D., if it were up to you, we're up to you, dear listener, do you expand it? Do you keep it the same or you do away with the review process on uh, officiating calls completely? I, I would probably expand it. I mean, I'm, I'm I the kind of guy too. that would expand it. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with it, uh, to be honest. Uh, as I, I think in the playoffs, you want to make sure you're you're getting everything right. Uh, I yep. think for the most part. So I, I think I would probably I would probably expand it, Whitey. What I, I would too. To I me, would you want to get go. The, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say I would at least go to one and a half, and I don't know if that would be enough, but at the very least, because as I said, it's kind of surprising to me how many times you see a really bad call, even with three officials on the floor, they're still capable of missing some obvious calls. No, Yeah. So, you know, at at first I was and I think you and I were, you know, doing the games in that year that shall not be mentioned when they first introduced that. And it'd be like, oh, here comes the lava lamp again. But I'm with you. I think they need more of it. No, I I think they need more of it for sure. Uh, 888-957-9570, A lot of different questions uh, on the board here. Uh, We were talking earlier about the Draymond Steph conversation on on Draymond's podcast where Draymond had asked Steph, hey, would you trade 2017 and 18, those two titles, if the Warriors could have completed the 73-9 run with a championship in in 2016? Uh, A lot lot of Warrior fans, again, taking that trade, saying they would trade the two for, for, in essence, the greatest single season in NBA history with the best regular season record and then chasing it. Uh, with a championship, uh, also predictions and X factors as well. We've had a lot of great text messages, some phone calls earlier uh, with regard to that. Uh, what What's the biggest concern for you uh, in this series for the Warriors, Whitey? And what's the biggest concern maybe longer term as far as the, the Warriors in, in the playoffs go? Well, I'm assuming that, you know, Steph's health and the health of the team is, is number one. So I'm assuming that's kind of a given. That if, Otherwise, that would be my answer. But um, I, I'm really concerned about this team defensively beyond that. And I know that if you look at their rating, were they, were they one or number two overall in the year defensive rating? But that's misleading because uh, once Draymond went down, we went to the break, they were not the same defensively. They have more guys on this roster that teams can attack. And I know now that Draymond's back, you know, Peyton is a really good defender and Iguodala's back. He makes a big difference. But if you're looking at this team as one that maybe could win a championship, their ability to really start getting consistently that defensive traction in the biggest games of the year, to me, that that's my biggest concern because I still think it's an open question. Yeah, and for me, it's it's not so much this series individually, although I do think it, it could be more difficult than, than people think for everybody to get on the same page. I think this winds up being, and I know there was a lot of debate about 
Utah or or Denver, and who do you want to see? And I didn't think it mattered as much. I know a lot of people wanted wanted Utah over Denver because they're just so disconnected as a team. They look like they're they're in essence ready for the the off season, kind of kind of just ready to to quit having to be around each other every day, mm-hmm. uh, which is an unfortunate situation to be in. But I think once you get beyond the Jokic factor. Uh, this is the kind of series where the Warriors have been able to, Jokic aside, I think impose their will a little bit on the Nuggets in long stretches. Now, the Nuggets were able to come back and be dangerous in games that the Warriors were controlling. Uh, you know, The one game you throw out where the young players hung with the, the Nuggets regulars in Denver. Uh, but even that, I think, is kind of a sneaky positive sign. I just don't think the Nuggets have enough in this series. The concern that I have, though, Whitey, big picture, is the Warriors' ability to win four series. It, it You can beat Denver in five or six, but then you've got Memphis in all likelihood waiting for you, and then potentially you've got Phoenix waiting for you, and then it's Milwaukee or Boston or Miami or Philadelphia who are, or whoever uh, comes out of the East. It's it's the attrition. Uh, it, it's, it's Steph being less than 100% at the beginning of the playoffs. Is he going to get healthier as the playoffs go on are the Warriors together and healthy for the first time really all season or to the greatest extent that that they have been all season when you when you throw Wiseman out of the equation Uh, you know how long can that last because there's a part of me that thinks well it hadn't been able to last all year so how is it going to last two more months when it's as competitive as as the playoffs can be and if that ends up being a factor then you've really got some difficult questions answered. And I hate to even go there because, hey, the playoffs are just starting and the Warriors may have what it takes to win another championship. But it, it's one of the things that you have to keep in mind here. It, everything that happens with the Warriors in this postseason, I think, happens against that backdrop that if they do end up coming up short, and if that is in part because of some of the veteran players bearing, you know, breaking down or just wearing down, then what are you going to do about going into next year? Hate to, like I say, be you know so negative here when the playoffs are starting, but to the point you raise, I think that's one of the things that is in the back of uh, the organization's mind here as they go forward. We know already that they're making plans for the future as they develop the younger players. How long can they ride the, this veteran core? Um, we'll see how far they get this year, but if, as you say, if that ends up being their demise, then you've got some really tough questions to answer this offseason. Yeah, and and that will be the question throughout the off season. You know, where do the Warriors go if they don't win it? We don't know how it's going to end if they don't win it. I don't think we obviously think it's it, it right. happens in the first round. But if you can't if you can't beat Memphis, then well, how could you not beat Memphis? And does that mean that maybe Memphis is past you? as a younger team and and you need to go out and make a more dramatic change. If you get to a conference finals and losing a game seven, or you get to an NBA finals and you run out of gas, you know, are you more inclined to make some subtle moves or just run it back with the, with the, you know, the same squad and, and maybe a little bit of a tweak here and there and the young players being uh, a little bit more a, a part of the equation, how it ends as we always talk about matters. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Steph, they're committed to Steph. You know, Steph's going to, don't you think he's going to finish his career as a warrior? So, you know, Steph and probably Clay, maybe uh, things don't go well. You got some tough questions to answer about Wiggins, potentially Draymond. Um, hate, as I say, hate to go there, but it is something that makes this postseason that much more crucial for the Warriors because they're at such a such an interesting point in their championship slash you know, dynasty arc. It started against Denver. Are they going to keep it going by beating Denver this year? Is this kind of the end of the road? I don't think it is, but these are all the things that are on the table right now after this up and down tumultuous season, especially when you're starting with Steph, um, your two-time MVP, greatest shooter of all time, and he's hobbling into this first round. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to be interesting to to look at, at how, it, how it does shake out because I think – you know, there's some in the Warriors organization that would tell you that that they believe, flat out, that this was a a two-year proposition to just kind of see. All right, you built the team a certain way. It, it was clearly a, a much much better put together team this year compared to last year. Now, Clay Thompson coming back is a big part of that, uh, but Steph Curry did not have the year that he had a year ago. 
but you, you see how far you can get with everything being put together on the fly, and then you see where you end up, and you make the determination on where you go uh, from there, depending upon you know the ending. And I think there there are going to be questions. I mean, what do you do with Andrew Wiggins in the final year of his contract next year? Will be a question. Do we know the answer? I, I I don't think we do. Do you pay Jordan Poole? I think the answer right now is you you do pay Jordan Poole. Uh, although that that you know, salary wouldn't begin until the twenty three twenty four season. But if you pay, you know, do you keep those two and run it back? Do the veteran players go in and say, "Hey, we were close," and it goes back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago? Do the veteran players go into Joe Lacob and say, "Hey, we were close." We can get over the top, but you got to sacrifice some of the young talent to, to get the one player that can put us over the top and make us be the favorite next year. Does that happen? Does does the, the front office uh, and, and the ownership at that point you know, look the veterans in the eye and say, no, patience, we're going to run it back again and, and, and want to have that second wave of a young core for, for a couple of years down the line? All of those things are fascinating, fascinating uh, elements to, that, that are going to further this conversation uh, based on how this thing ends. You win the title, you can kind of do whatever you want at that point mm-hmm. because you'd, you'd be back uh, atop the mountain. And it, the way it's all related to this series, too, because to the point you just made, um, you don't have to decide right now on Poole and or Wiggins, but how they play in this series and in this postseason is going to probably go a long ways towards forming your – final decision on what uh, you do with them. So we just have to wait and see. And then as far as, you know, next year, who is that player? I don't think the Warriors are going to trade like, you know, Kuminga and Wiggins for Bradley Beal. So I think if the veterans end up in a spot where they're going to want the Warriors to do something like that, my guess is um, they're not going to do it. But everybody's on the spot right now as this these playoffs begin. And I think – if they lose this series, which is unlikely, I think that, wow, that'd be a terrible way to end. If they get out of this series, if they advance, then no matter what happens after that, J.D., in my mind, I think it depends how it happens. But where we sit right now, if they win this first round, I would say no matter what happens after that, I think they've had a successful season. And I'm not saying they're not going to get beyond the first round. They're not going to get beyond the second round. They might. But even if they lose in the second round, I think with everything they've had to deal with this year, so many moving parts and injuries, they win this series, then in my mind they've already had a successful season. Everything else, and the championship's not off the table, everything else would be gravy. I think they got to win two rounds to, to, really, to really feel good about this. If, if they win, win the first round and lose to Memphis, I do think there will be a, a what-could-have-been aspect mm-hmm. to it. And I also think, mm-hmm. again, that's an arrival moment for Memphis. And we'll see yeah. how their first-round series plays out. But Memphis at this point is, you know, they, they want the Warriors bad. And, and I think they want to knock out the Warriors, and they almost want to anoint themselves as the next Warriors in a way, right? A lot of homegrown talent, a well-put-together roster, uh, unabashed. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I, I think they want that series, and I think it's a little bit of be careful what you wish for maybe from their point of view that you're getting the, the Wiley vets coming together at the right time, and, and maybe you're a year away if you're Memphis from, from really making that run. Uh, so I, I think you know you could take a step back if you lose that series and you're the Warriors and 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 say it was still a successful season. But but I think at least getting to a conference finals that solidifies it and not allowing Memphis to kind of get over on you this year. Like Memphis is going to probably wind up being a better team at some point, right? Because they're just younger and and, and maybe if you knock them out, something happens to them to to what we were talking about earlier with some of the you know the Warriors having to be held accountable for when you lose Mm -hmm. a playoff series as a young team you you have to own up to it and and maybe the Warriors knocking off Memphis this year sends them down a weird path to where they become uh, you know it messes with their trajectory some so uh, I I put it as win the first round but win the second round as well get by Memphis as it projects to be and then if you lose to Phoenix to me there's no shame in losing to Phoenix because they've been the clear-cut best team in the league all year long, and and they would tell you they probably should have won a chip last year. As you talk about the price that teams have to pay when they lose uh, in the finals or right at the end and, and how someone has to be held accountable 
in a way, it reminds me of the Seahawks when they lost and they didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch and, they, you know, New England beat them on the interception at the goal line. In some ways, the Seahawks kind of almost as an organization didn't recover from that. So it's interesting uh, the way you phrase that. Um, but I think one thing, if I'm the Nuggets, certainly if I'm Memphis, one thing that would really concern me about the Warriors, and I know we don't know that Memphis is going to play them yet, but I would look at the fact that, okay, we, you know, we played well against them right during the regular season, but we didn't play this team. And I think that's one thing that works in the Warriors' favor. Some of that maybe was, uh, was by design, primarily it was circumstances, but you know, Denver and we've, discussed it a number of times already today denver beat them three out of four but they didn't face Draymond green and even memphis as i recall you know the warriors weren't at full strength for any of those games i have to go back and check so that's one thing i'd be worried about with this warriors team and i know mike malone michael malone pardon me had that great quote well yeah i don't think they're worried about it fitting things together but the nuggets the grizzlies they haven't seen this warrior team so if steph's healthy um, the Warriors go into these series with a lot of confidence, and the other teams, they really don't know what they're going to be dealing with. Yeah, and the quote yesterday from Michael Malone, I think it was the quote of the week uh, in the, the lead-up to, to this series, which is going to begin tonight, uh, as he was asked about the Warriors having to learn in real time and, and get their act together as the playoffs begin without having a, 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 a healthy roster all season. And a uh, hat tip to Kendra Andrews, who, who put this out there of ESPN. Quote, learning on the fly my ass, Malone said. <laughs> Those guys have a lot of experience together, so sell that iceberg to somebody else. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what kind of team the Warriors are tonight. They're going to have to limit turnovers. They're going to have to shoot the ball well, and they're going to have to, I guess, Draymond will be on Jokic a lot. We haven't seen that this year. The, Jokic hasn't had to play against Draymond all season long. No, but he's been able to frustrate him. I know Anthony Slater, the athletic, had a great breakdown of, of a bunch of head-to-head plays. Uh, that those two, uh, going back to last year when Draymond was able to, to go up against him uh, in, in some big situations and, and, and just make life difficult. And, and it, look, yeah. it's two ways, right? You want to you make life difficult on him on one end. You want to let him hold his own so you're not allowing his passing ability to, to really be a factor and allowing other players to get involved. But then it becomes on the other end, you want to try and draw him out and make him have to defend uh, wings and guards. And, and that's where he can, he can run into to a lot of trouble, maybe get into a little bit of foul trouble, but, but you have the ability to, to make some plays against him uh, if he has to get out and be taken uh, away from the basket. I think that's a big-time advantage, and, and that's an advantage to the, not only the smaller lineup in terms of Draymond, but I think that's where the Warriors really have an advantage as far as Steph, Poole, and Clay Thompson. You could put Poole and, and Curry uh, individually into certain actions that, that really, really make life difficult on, on Jokic. What are you going to be looking for early on from from Steph? What are you going to be most closely watching? Specifically, obviously, well, is he healthy, but what are you going to be looking for from him from the team. I'll give you my answer, but I'm just curious here. We haven't seen Steph in a while. The Warriors have had some time off. Playoffs beginning tonight. Early on as the game starts, what are you going to be looking for from Steph? What are you going to be watching most closely in terms of trying to find a barometer as to where he is? I, I want to see Steph just playing patiently, to, to be perfectly honest. I, I want to see him just taking what the defense is giving him early, moving the ball, not forcing shots, and, and really not turning the ball over. I just want to see him kind of let the game come to him uh, in this one. Come out, play a buttoned-up game, mm-hmm. let it come to you, and, and just you know that at some point you're going to be able to, to, get, you know, to go on one of those curry flurries that, that can impact a game. But especially with the minutes restriction, and, and we don't know what the minutes restriction is going to be, sounds like maybe somewhere between 25 and, and 30 minutes. Uh, for for Steph in this one, so without knowing specifically what it is, to me it's it's just just work your way into it. You don't have to come out you don't have to come out blazing. Just work your way into it, and and know that you'll have an opportunity to to make some big time plays as this thing rolls on. Yeah, that's a good point. I know a lot of people will be watching his shooting specifically. How well is he shooting the ball? And let's face it, he had probably his worst shooting season this year. Uh, before the injury, but what I'm going to be watching for is him off the ball. 
when he is off the ball, depending on the lineups, you know, maybe he's going to be on the ball a lot early on. But is he still going to be running through as many screens? Is he going to be as as mobile? Because you made a great point earlier. A guy, any player with an injury like this, it's not like they're going to get better uh, through the course of this series and through the playoffs. So I'm going to be looking to see if, if he's still as difficult to guard, you know, defensively as lateral quickness, but off the ball, is he going to be, you know, running around as many screens and, and as uh, difficult to chase as he traditionally is? That's what I'll be watching for most closely as we tip off tonight. I think that's a good call. How's he moving? How's he looking there? A couple of text messages to get to. Uh, one to close out this hour, and then we got the power hour coming up. Power hour. Uh, yeah. Hour number four uh, from noon to one here as we get you closer to the Warriors and the Nuggets. We got Devon and Shamari coming up at, at one o'clock as well. Uh, 510 chiming in. Uh, I could see JD headbutting Ratto over some <laughs> shady comment and seeing Steiny and Whitey holding everyone back. At that point, so just your thoughts on that that vision. I hey, think we don't I've play like that, that. Out here. Yeah, I think I've it, seen it. Maybe I just imagined it, but I if I haven't seen it, I wouldn't be surprised if that actually happened. Yeah, let me tell you, it wouldn't be Ratto. I'm not going to tell you who it would be. I'm going to leave that to the imagination. But it but it wouldn't like that. That can be left to the imagination huh. of the listener. Uh, wow. But yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be Ratto. But uh, you know, that may, that may or may not be possible. We'll just we'll just leave that one there. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, final hour, the power hour. Warriors and Nuggets coming up. We got one more uh, hour of Warriors this week on ninety five seven. The game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 